I got something special for this guy. I'm gonna bust this bunker with the ex-wife. The what? Hey there, enthusiasts. Welcome back to Hero Talk. I'm your host, Judge Greg. Joining me for this episode, I have Brian. Brian, welcome back to Hero Talk. Hello. And I have Axelon. Axelon, welcome back to Hero Talk. What's up? Man, it, it feels like we haven't done one of these in like a year. It's what it feels it's been like. A long yeah, time. yeah it, it's, it feels like it's been so long because, you know, I had a couple of special episodes and whatnot and then... Next thing you know, it's you know we're we're doing part two of a movie that I think we actually recorded the first one of almost six months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so. Now that I'm thinking back, wow. Anyway, so God, yeah, I've teased it enough. Our film today is Iron Man Two. Now, Hero Talk is a spoiler podcast, so anything that's been officially released is considered fair game and on the table for us to spoil. With one noted exception, folks, is that as of the time of recording. Avengers 2 has not been released, and so none of us have seen it. So you can you can rest fairly well assured that we're not going to spoil Avengers 2. Yep, pretty much. I'm also but not going to spoil Agents of day. S.H.I.E.L.D. because I haven't seen that show. So. I will probably spoil Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, that's fine. I've, been, I've kept that's that. That's fine, yeah. yeah. Nobody actually cares about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We, we could also spoil Agent Carter, but I think Agent Carter did that for herself. So Yeah. Wow, it's sad. I like the character. Anyway, but so there you go. We're not going to spoil Avengers 2, so you're safe. You can you can listen to us, and we're not going to say anything in regards to Avengers two. But I hear that Ultron was no. I'm just kidding. I don't know anything <laughs> at all. <laughs> not even a little bit. All right. So Iron Man two. If I had to boil down what I thought about this movie, it had a painful case of sequelitis. Yes. Yeah. It was it was just like let's take the stuff from Iron Man one that kind of worked, and let's just do all that again. So, you know, like, oh, in Iron Man 1, it was really great when he fought the, the big robot. Well, let's have him fight a bunch of robots. And I'm, and then I'm, I'm just, I don't know, I was thinking to myself that this was a good movie for the Mandarin. And I'm not talking Ben Kingsley, the Mandarin. I'm talking, like, mm. actual, the guy who's, like, running the, yeah. the Ten Rings Mandarin. And I just think it would have been a good time because I've already seen Iron Man fight another Iron Suit. So now let me see him fight something a little bit different. And instead, I just got him fighting Iron Suits with some... Weird B story about the uh, the thing in his chest causing him poisoning, which creates a rash that looks like circuitry, and we're not even going to talk about how dumb that is. And then, well, if I may, yeah, sorry, <laughs> well, go ahead. We may, yeah. And then <laughs> you've got this this. It just felt like they were so much Avengers stuff getting pumped into this movie, and I hear it caused a lot of issues with John Favreau, who returned as a director. Uh, yeah, I hear it caused a lot yeah. of issues. And mm. let me tell you, this is also, and this is, I just learned this, this was John Favreau's first sequel. Ooh, I did not know that. Yeah, as a director or as an actor, this is the first time he's ever done a sequel. That is interesting. Yeah, so way to ruin then it, again, Marvel. Well, I think his first action movie was Daredevil, as far as I know. I think that's the first one I'd seen him in, yeah. That was actually the first time I ever saw him, period, no, was that movie. I knew him way back from Swingers. Never seen it. Yeah, it was, I think I think that was his directorial and acting de- debut. Ah, I, maybe not with, acting, um, but could be directorial. Don't hold me to that. That's the one with Vince Vaughn in it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I uh, I really enjoy that movie. I, was, I mean, I enjoyed him in Daredevil. I like Daredevil. Yeah, both the uh, the Ben Affleck flick and the new miniseries on Netflix, which, <laughs> by like the way, the... is on the table in Fair Game. Yeah, yes. <laughs> 
I like the um, the director's cut of the Daredevil movie. The director's the cut was one. much better. Much better. Oh, I have not seen the director's cut. I've only seen the theatrical cuts. Yeah, uh, the Blu-ray is hands on it. It's worth a watch. Yeah, if you if you see the Blu-ray, the Blu-ray only comes from the directorial cut. They don't even put in the theatrical. It just it makes sense. A lot of stuff where you're like, wait, why is this happening? Well, there's actually an entire sub arc with Coolio that explains most of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, okay. I love how that. It was basically Coolio being Coolio. Yeah, well, and he doesn't get much best to work, do, which is quite good. frankly, yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's enough Daredevil though. Let's let's talk. More more about Iron Man 2. I don't know. Uh, Brian, what did you think? Um, I thought it, to me, it was rushed. It felt very rushed and ham-handed, and like there was, I mean, it, it just didn't seem very, very very well thought out, is the biggest problem. Like, honestly, after the movie finished, I started talking about it um, a little bit with my fiance, and we were going, <laughs> okay, here's here's what, you know, like, what, what if they did this? What if they did this? Like, to me, like, maybe have Whiplash be, like, the one-off villain who actually shows up at the track, does some damage, but Anton Von where to do that, and then he starts building his own suit. You have one fight with him where the poison really starts to affect Tony in the in the fight, and then he has to go back and focus on that a little bit, and then you still have the final fight with the, with Crimson Dynamo or whatever the or you know, like I would assume they'd want to call him that. Whiplash. Well I no what, what I'm saying is yeah. uh, Whiplash is the one off. Yeah, it's um Bonko is still Crimson Dynamo. Technically his dad was Crimson Dynamo. Really? That was Anton? Yeah, um, Anton was Crimson Dynamo in, in the comics, and then this this new guy, uh, uh, yeah, Nikolai? Ivan, Ivan, thank you. Oh my gosh, I just totally forgot the guy's name. <laughs> Ivan, was he's a made-up character for the movie to kind of combine Whiplash uh... and the Crimson Dynamo. Although, I hear that following this movie in the comic books, Ivan Vanko is now the son of Anton Vanko and is uh, Whiplash. So. Well, the comics are always molding themselves after the movies, even though the movies are molded after the comics. It's, it's this weird circle. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, it's, it is kind of, kind of odd. Now, let I me, mean, let's talk about this cast. Oh, sorry, excellent. I just kind of bumped over you. What did you think? Initial thoughts. Uh, I agree with Brian. It, it really did felt kind of rushed. Um, uh, I agree with you as well. There's, there's a lot of unnecessary Avengers padding when there didn't yeah. need to be at all. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I think Especially that leads since... to a lot of the rush feeling because that was happening yes. while they were filming. Like, they had a finished script, and then you'd have Marvel that comes by, like, we need more S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Especially when, like, you see, say, say like, the Avengers, and all of that padding in Iron Man 2, not necessary. Yeah. That, at all. Uh, that's the problem, is it just, it wasn't necessary. It was, it just felt, I don't, I don't know, it just was fluff. I will say though, War Machine was awesome in this movie. War Machine, With as little was screen awesome. time as he got, War Machine yeah. was awesome. I would have loved War Machine to get more screen time. I still am waiting for that movie when I get some more screen time with War Machine because Iron Man three stole that from me because it Iron did. Patriot doesn't count. Well, I, I hear you get you're getting a lot of War Machine with Age of Ultron. Yeah, I better, I better. <laughs> All right. You, you, Otherwise, yeah. Marvel, I'm I'm still gonna watch your movies and buy the movies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have I have nothing I can hold against them. I yeah. I love it. One other thing um, that my fiance suggested uh, was probably a little. There was a little too much of it. Take out Justin Hammer. No, was, you can't take no, out Justin Hammer. I love great. Justin Hammer. He's the best part of this movie. Really? Oh, he yeah. just annoyed the hell out of me. No, and I don't know if he like was. He, I don't know if he was ever like that much of a goof in in the comics. No, but well, in just, the comics he was an old, old guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love Justin Hammer in this, and I I don't even like Justin Hammer as a character. I barely remembered mm. him when when I heard his name, but uh, as Sam Rockwell, 
I loved him. I thought he stole every scene he was in. I would have loved to have seen more of him, quite frankly. He was a great actor, but I, I just still feel like like Hammer, like the whole focus on Hammer Industries was just a bit much. It took away from what could have been. I think you take out all the S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff and you can leave the Hammer stuff in and it would be fine. I don't even feel like there was that much S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff in it. Like there well, was the, the there was a talk stuff. in the donut shop and there was the talk in the uh, in the house and then that was it. Well, the S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff was combined with the, the poison arc as well so that's that's kind of like oh, yeah. half shield half poison yeah. well that's what i meant by the donut shop but yeah <laughs> yeah all right so let's talk about the cast I, I we're coming back to this donut shop scene by the way <laughs> we're not done with that yet so let's, i mean <laughs> okay. you got bob downey coming back and he's he's tony stark see i say yeah. bob downey so i sound cool like we're friends you know yeah like, you, you, like you, you, i get to use you, this you guys have brunch yeah. every sunday we, we hang to out. all you guys listening greg is personal friends with robert Downey <laughs> jr <laughs> throw that out there yeah uh, so Robert Downey Jr. coming back is Tony Stark. I mean, there's nothing wrong with how he plays Tony Stark. I thought the schmarminess, I don't know if that's even the right word. The, uh, just... It is now. Yeah, it, now it is. I've made it the right word. I am the law. Uh, but <laughs> I just, it was a little bit more over the top in this one, and I didn't yeah. like it as much. Yeah, I think so. Like it, like especially like when he's talking at the expo, it just it got way, way out of hand. Yeah, like I agree, but I think it also worked because like in universe, Tony Stark's ego is 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 exploding right now. So I, th- I think that worked. He's, he's yeah, it I mean, up more. I mean, if, I mean, if, if you think about it, like all the like Iron Man toys around, you know, they, like they actually like probably went to like a Toys R Us and picked some up. Yeah, oh, I'm sure they. You did. know, like like that that kid wearing like the Iron Man mm-hmm. mask and the gloves, like you could actually buy those oh yes gotta throw in a little merchandising in there yeah like he's got his own dancers who are like kind of dressed in iron man cheerleader outfits Uh uh-huh like he's become a celebrity yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I thought it was maybe a little too much, especially in a lot of his back and forths with Pepper. I was. Oh, yeah, I hated the back and forths well, with Pepper. Well, first of all, I, I don't like terrible. Gwyneth Paltrow, and I don't want Pepper Potts to be in any of these movies, much less to figure as prominently as she did, um, which will be a major I, talking point in our Iron Man 3 hero talk. <laughs> I mean, I, but, I mean, yeah, I, I just hate, I really hated it when they were trying to talk over each other. Those scenes were just. Yeah, when they, they want to make well, it seem it like they're buddies and whatnot. Like, talking over each other. Like, it was. Him talking and her screaming, mm-hmm. and that was their yeah. back and forth. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like those at all. So I mean, I guess all right. So we've we put this one off long enough. Here's the big news. This is the the big Don Cheadle coming in as uh, Lieutenant Colonel James Rhodey Rhodes, replacing Terrence Howard. Now I said this before, and I still hold true. I like Terrence Howard better, and I don't know if this makes enough sense to you guys. Uh, I have nothing against Don Cheadle. I think he's a phenomenally talented actor. In fact, I think he's a better actor than Terrence Howard. But when I see mm. Terrence Howard, he seems more Air force to me. Hmm. You know, I just believe him as Rhodey more than Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle, it just seemed like... And especially because I have the picture in my head of Rhodey, like, as he's been classically shown, which is he's usually a pretty big and buff guy, because he was a Marine in the comics. Yeah. And so I just, I see little Don Cheadle, and I shouldn't say little, I have no idea how big the guy is. <laughs> that's that's so condescending out of a man I've never met before. But uh, I see Don Cheadle, and I just, I don't see Rhodey. Um, hmm. And, you know, and plus, and even Don Cheadle came out to say, like, he tried to make Rhodey his own, but as it turns out, he took a lot of Terrence Howard's Rhodey along with him because he thought that brought the character to life. It was just... It was a matter of, I like Terrence Howard better, and, and I don't know, there's all the stories about why that didn't happen, and I'm not going to sit here and speculate on them, I just, I really wish we could have seen Terrence Howard come back, because I, I liked him better as Rhodey. 
I I actually think you know you 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 saying that um you know what, what you said about him uh borrowing from Terrence Howard's thing I think part of that just shows that he has uh, maybe a little respect for the fact that he's coming in secondary yeah. in the role like he wasn't like he wasn't the first one to do it so he was probably thinking let's not make this too much of a shock for the audience you know it's like oh it's 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 one thing to already have like a change of face it's not have a change of personality yeah it just i still felt there was a little bit of change of personality in that he was a little bit more yeah uh, he was more more serious. Yeah, he was a lot more serious than than Rhodey was in the last film, and I liked Rhodey in the last film. I thought I, I thought he played Rhodey perfectly. So yeah, I, I don't see Don Cheadle going next time, baby. Yeah, exactly. That's that comes to my mind right away, and then walking in yeah, the room going like, Don "It's Cheadle okay, folks." Six hours. Yeah. For for Tony to arrive at a plane late mm-hmm. and ends up just drinking sake, and he's like, "Hey." Yeah. When I but put again, this I... uniform on, I know <laughs> <laughs> everyone. Yeah. I I do I do think like the um the the clips I've seen from Ultron of of War Machine yeah you know, I think he he's probably grown into the character well enough well, I'm sure he has yeah I mean he's he's had a couple more movies to do it but I just but yeah, yeah. I, I think this one he just he was kind of like mm. it's kind of rushed yeah the, yeah. the back and forth aspect. that they had like whenever even when Don Cheadle's saying and I'm like I I think Terrence Howard would have been better and again like i don't i do not think terrence howard's a better actor than don Cheadle. i think mm-hmm. anyone who says that is insane <laughs> but i think terrence howard is just a better roadie than don Cheadle. i did i did think his um his his performance in the in the senate hearing room in the senate hearing chambers was a little off he came off as very um maybe a little of, meek yeah kind of buy the book yeah 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 um but like 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 he tried to stand up for himself, but like I, I would imagine someone like Rhodey would slam the table and go, "Shut up! I'm t- talking right I now." I know you, you, you stick it, you gave Senator the, Stern. You, like you gave me the floor, I'm gonna talk. Yeah, Senator Stern, by the way, is uh, actually is a reference to Howard Stern, who's a fan of the movie and a big fan of Gary Shandling. <laughs> so that was that was John Favreau giving a nod to Howard Stern. Oh, we're on Gary Shandling. Can I just point out how much he's aged since then? Like, and not well. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, I know. Like well, like when he showed up in Captain America, it was just like it was a yeah. huge contrast. Yeah. So then so that you bring up a good point about Captain America and since we're a spoiler podcast, we could talk about this. So <laughs> knowing now that Senator Stern was actually a sleeper agent for Hydra, like do you think Ooh. he was trying to get the Iron Man arbor so that he could give it to Hydra? That could have been a huge ulterior motive. I in mean, in retrospect, yes, but I don't think he was a Hydra agent when they first Oh no, they had no idea. That's just something yeah. you can look at now and be like, "Oh, I can play this in my head." But at the time, no, they didn't have any idea. Well, yeah, I think I mean like I think he works better as just a politician. Yeah. He's I mean, yeah. like a politician. Speak, speaking of the, that whole like Senate hearing, the 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 Senate was absolutely totally right. Like 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 Tony Stark tried to play it. I was like, "Oh, it's not a weapon system. It's a it's a pros- prosthesis." Yeah. yeah. I'm like, no, "You have you have a rocket launcher in your wrist." Yeah. No. No. That no. sucker you have yeah. you have a tank killer in your wrist. Yeah, they're yes. right about that. It's just, you know, they they're I don't think they have any right to uh, well, like a whole lot of right to say, "Well, you have to give it to us." No, I don't. Right. Yeah. Um and so that, I mean, that's a good point. And I, I was thinking of this when I saw the movie is, you know, so they're trying to give it to him. And he's like, no, I have it. And I've d- issued in world peace. Now, how does the <laughs> Iron Man armor issue in world peace? Like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Because, I mean, you're talking like these countries won't fight each other because they're afraid Iron Man's going to come in and, and issue his justice or whatever. But oh, okay, we no, saw probably, in the last movie yeah. that two two jets, two fighter jets 
can basically give him a run for his money. And they didn't even know what they were fighting at first. Yeah. I mean, a little bit of intel, and it seems like the whole Iron Man thing is a is a non-factor. And I don't I don't know, maybe... Well, it felt like they were trying to do like a, like a Superman angle, because Superman is a much more credible, he can police yeah. the world if kind Superman of thing. If Superman says, I've issued in world peace because I won't allow people to go to war, I believe it. Yeah. The Iron Man, it's not so yeah, much. Iron Man, no. Maybe even Thor yeah. to pull it off. The Hulk no one's yeah. gonna buy uh, because they're not gonna the let Hulk him speak care. on the floor of Congress yeah. the way he's dressed. Well, I think he, I think you're, um, I think excellent. I think I think you were you were right. Like the like when he says like I've successfully privatized world peace. It's like well, I mean that's just that's his ego talking right there. It's yeah. Like yeah. I you know I I am that good that you know I'm maintaining world peace. Like he probably aren't. Well, but well, the thing but, is, they have that but, line later when like when uh Pepper's on the phone and she's like everyone expects you to be Iron Man and you're not and they're all yelling like first of all that's kind of ridiculous because. Like, what right do people have to call up Stark Enterprise and be like, hey, why hasn't Iron Man intervened this foreign affair for us? Like, uh, mm. forget you, you know, <laughs> why don't you intervene and then in your own that foreign affairs? When, when Rhodey took the, the suit mm-hmm. and they were, they were like reverse engineering it and he's talking to that general and he's like, no, we need, we need the public to see this now that we have the whole situation under control. I'm like, what situation is out there yeah. that needs an Iron it's Man? It's this suit? like empty threat that we never get to see about yeah. like the world falling apart without Iron Man, but nobody actually seems to care. And we, ne- we never actually get to see whatever the, the consequences were. I mean, I don't know. Other than I think there was footage of the Hulk. Yeah, well, like, there was that, like that the, already um, happened, the, the, the new the yeah. news stories yeah. that supposedly it was happening about the same time. No, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Like they, they keep talking about this threat that really isn't there, and that's why I think you know you have Whiplash as the throwaway, and then you bring in the Crimson Dynamo, who's actually wreaking havoc on people. And it's like now you have something that only Iron Man can really take care of, presumably. Yeah, I'm okay. We'll we'll we'll, keep, we'll go on with the rest of the cast. I I could complain <laughs> about. How Iron Man shouldn't be such a big world player. Um, but uh, so let's talk about Scarlett Johansson, who was uh, the uh, what is the Black Widow? Sorry, I was about to say Scarlet yeah, Witch. Witch. I was about to be way <laughs> off, and I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, Natasha Romanoff, the Black Widow. Uh, Natalie Rushman was uh, a name that she was given. I think is a reference to a name she used in the comic books when she infiltrated Shield. Uh, I think Probably. that was just a nod. I don't think they're trying to say she's an infiltrator, but. Mm. I, well, if she yeah. was an infiltrator, that time was passed after Winter Soldier, so... Yeah. I I don't... I, I, I like the character. In fact, I even like Scarlett Johansson as her. I just... I don't know if I 100% like what she was doing in this movie. Like, the, the whole, I'm pretending to be your assistant, but then I'm, I'm really an agent. And why she got in the skin-tight suit just to go to the donut shop is beyond <laughs> me. That seemed like just a waste of her time. Like I, I get it when you're trying to like break into Hammer Industries, you know, because you know you got it's actually time to go to work. Well, I think that was supposed to be like the big reveal, and that was her quote unquote uniform. Yeah, that's but, that would be nobody's yeah. uniform. <laughs> no, I, I I agree. It is a little ridiculous. She got into a skin tight cat suit for it, but um it's like it, it was it, i think it was supposed to be like a visual confirmation kind of thing mm-hmm. it's one of those things that doesn't make sense when you think about it i think they should have saved it for when she went into hammer industries yeah yeah i think that would be good but what what, what would you like would you have her just like hmm have her show up as like debriefing fury right in front of tony stark eating donuts mm, yep that's a good idea just, just reg- regular clothes you know yeah. and then she just hands him like a mission report or something yeah just or even she could just be- i was like wait what yeah i mean he could even refer to her as like you know i've had somebody look at Something other than I have to show up, you know, wearing in a skin tight cat suit. A skin tight cat suit for absolutely no good reason. It's just <laughs> in a donut shop. Yeah. 
So, I mean, now here's a, here's a question, and we, we just touched on this ever so briefly, but it's been bothering me, so we're going back to it because it's my podcast. <laughs> so where does the Incredible Hulk fit in in the timeline compared to Iron Man 2? Does it, does it happen after? I think I would before. say I would say it in from what I gleaned from the um like the, they they were showing uh, a newscast um towards the end that that was that was taken from the Incredible Hulk movie you know from I think it was from the um from the attack on um Culver University and that was I think that was supposed to say like this is happening at this point so they're kind they're supposedly concurrent but it still doesn't make sense for then, you know, after Tony Stark's been yeah, been so, told he's not going to be on the team to then go, yeah, we're putting a team together. Yeah, that it doesn't make sense at all, which is uh, my least favorite of all the Avengers tie-ins is the end of The Incredible Hulk. And it bothers me they didn't even put it in the stinger where I could ignore it if I wanted to. But <laughs> well, plus you have Robert Downey Jr. showing up in The Incredible Hulk and not suiting up as Iron Man to fight the Hulk. I'm like, come on, Marvel, you tease. yeah. I just, I, I, mean, I, I, I mean, no, I get what, why they did it, and I, but the, to kind of, it feels like retroactively they tried to make it change, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, they're they trying did. to, like, really forget the Hulk movies. Yeah. I just felt but, like. They, they just kind of throw the Hulk in, in movies now. Yeah. I think the original intent was that Hulk takes place, you know, almost immediately after Iron Man, and that then they, they make Iron Man 2 and they try to, like, play it off, like, oh, well, that's when all the Hulk stuff was happening, and then it just doesn't yeah, work yeah. with the with the Downey yeah. Jr. scene, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Marvel's allowed to reference all the Hulk movies, but they can't make their own right now. Yeah. Hulk movies? But, yeah. Yeah, they can. Univer- Universal still owns the right, owns the distribution rights to the Hulk. Oh, okay. Oh, do they really? Yeah. So, like, Marvel has character rights, so they can use him in whatever movie He just can't be in want. his own movie. It just can't be an Incredible Hulk movie. Hmm. What about a Savage Hulk movie? <laughs> yeah, you know what? We don't want an angry go. Hulk movie. <laughs> All right, so let's round out the cast real quick, and and we're just gonna kind of hit through some of these guys real quick. Uh, Sam Rockwell, Justin Hammer, uh, loved him. I Probably love my Sam favorite Rockwell. part of the movie. I love Sam Rockwell. I think I think he was good. Uh, yeah. So we got Mickey Rourke. It's Ivan Vanko. Now Mickey Rourke, it was like really instrumental in the look of Ivan Vanko and a lot of the character traits. Uh, the tattoos were his idea. Uh, hmm. The teeth were his idea, and he paid for out of pocket to get the was grill. The bird, his yeah. idea. The bird was also his idea and paid for out of pocket. You know what? One thing I thought was really interesting about the bird was like, it, like he never really wanted the bird. It was a distraction. Yeah, he just wanted everyone out of the out of the building so he could do whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, when you when do... you're a CEO like Justin Hammer, do you really send everyone in the factory to get a bird? Surely, if this guy, he if has this guy, please. If this guy is your is your only ticket to um, well, wait, wait, here's the thing. It's not just about sending everyone in the building out to get a bird. It's keeping everyone out of the building so you, so they don't know you have a convict in the in the building. Yeah, I'm I'm sure the building was, was relatively limited staff. Um, yeah. Incidentally, the building I just learned this uh was actually like the real life SpaceX building. It's like the people Ooh. you see running around in the background; those are employees of SpaceX. Ah, remember Elon that. Musk being in there? Yep. Did you notice that? I did. Yeah. yeah. I had no clue who that was when I first saw the movie. And it was only like, I think it was either this watching or the one before. I finally knew who Elon Musk was. And I was like, oh, that guy. Yeah, I I didn't actually fully recognize who it was until the most, the viewing I did for this podcast. Yeah. I, I had no idea. All right. So moving along. Uh, so Mickey Rourke, we're sure we'll talk about him a little bit more in the podcast. Got uh, Nick Fury's back, enough said. Clark Gregg, who's still milking that Agent Coulson paycheck. 
I think this is where he really starts to bring a char- bring a personality yeah. to Agent Coulson that really made everyone start to right. like him. Probably well, one of my it's favorite when he lines. Back to yeah. Tony Stark. Yeah, we so said he would tase him, tase him and watch Supernet. Yeah, talk about God, dating. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like wow, way to way to put this in a time frame because Super Nanny is gone now, and wh- I just yeah yeah I way to date it. I don't believe Agent Coulson would watch Super Nanny. Well, he probably did it like I will make you watch this kind of thing. Uh, so anyway, and a couple of really wasted people who you know again, and I think I said this the last time too. Leslie Bibb, who I love, hmm. uh, back again playing Christine Neverhart, the uh, the Vanity Fair uh, reporter. <laughs> again, Vanity Fair is getting around in these movies. I don't know who they paid. <laughs> Uh, and she's hilarious, and I love her, and she's in, like, just that one scene, and she doesn't do anything worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah, no, she just, she basically exists to show, to kind of push the rivalry between Stark and Hammer. Yeah. And now, uh, and then another person who was in the movie ever so briefly, and is way more talented than that, is Kate Mara. Uh, Kate Mara was the marshal who served him the papers. Yeah. Why, why go through the trouble of getting Kate Mara in your film if she's gonna have a minute and a half of screen time? Well, what was she doing at this point? Like, was she in, was she in anything big? I don't think everyone anyone really knew who she was until House of Cards. Well, I don't think she was in House of Cards yet, but I had recognized her from a, oh. a ton of stuff. Uh, really? See, she was no in idea. a. Oh, I'm trying to think what she was in around the time she had been in Entourage for uh, a few episodes. Never watched um, that. <laughs> she was in one of oh uh the football movie with uh, I think with Matthew McConaughey. We are Marshals. We are Marshall. Sorry, not Marshals. That's yeah, story. never saw that. <laughs> um, I think she was in one of the seasons of 24. Which one? Uh, season five, maybe. Yeah, I'm looking her up. Yeah. Um, she was in some really really cheesy show about teens or uh, a movie about teen superheroes. I think with um with Tim Allen. And I can't think of that movie right now. Oh, Tim Allen think, and Rip Torn. I, think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, I think I know which one. Like Sky High or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it was Sky High. That sounds right. So she was either. in that one. I'm pretty. <laughs> I think that was her. No, she wasn't. In, no, it wasn't Sky High. That was a different one. She was in a different movie with teens that were superheroes. Zoom. Zoom. That's right. That's she, let's see. Right. She was in Brokeback Mountain. Oh, she was in Brokeback Mountain. She played um. Uh, Alice Jr., I think was her character's name. I've Let's seen Brokeback Mountain, so yeah. But yeah, she was in 24 for about five episodes. Sherry Rothenberg is her name. 2006. was that? Yeah. I just, she's just somebody who's, I just recognized from some, uh, handful of stuff she'd been in, and so I, uh, yeah. Anyway, so I I recognized her and I thought it was it was a waste, but yeah. Oh well. So and there we so there we go. That's that's our let's let's move off the cast. Let's talk about the story now. We've already established that I think it's ridiculous that Iron Man was able to issue in world peace. Uh, you have this whole palladium poisoning story arc, and I just I I. It just felt like it was something that was thought up later. Like, it's something that that didn't really come up at all, and it didn't seem like it was... You know, you have this toxicity that is rising greatly, but yet he doesn't know what he's supposed to... I don't know. I just... I think uh, that was... Well, originally, John Favreau wanted to do the comic book storyline Demon in a Bottle, mm-hmm. which was about Tony Stark being an alcoholic. Yeah. Mm. I, actually I think at some hear point, was... they decided, we can't have yeah. our most popular superhero... Be an alcoholic. You know what I hear uh, some really put the kibosh on that was that movie uh, Hancock. So they made that palladium poisoning instead of yeah. you know he's getting drunk all, all the time and alcohol poisoning and stuff like that. Yeah. 
I, I remember when Hancock came out, like, even Robert Downey Jr. said, like, we sort of can't do the I just drink alcohol all the time because, you know, Will Smith's mm. drinking alcohol as Hancock, and so they were trying to figure out some other way to kind of make a yeah. similar issue without doing that issue. Yeah, I, it, it did. I, I think they were they were trying to get some kind of internal struggle for it, and, and I think, yeah, you're right, like, they, like the, the alcoholism would have worked mm-hmm. because Tony Stark is a drunk. Yeah. But, so, so they kind of just threw this one together, but and it they, was... They kind half-assed. of throw it in there, too. Because when he gets, like, drunk at the party and starts, like, shooting watermelons and going Gallagher on things. Yeah. Yeah. I get that and reference then they just to kind of you. Drop it. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that was that was John Favreau going. Okay, well, you don't let me have him be an alcoholic, but can you at least let me make him drunk in one scene? Yeah, like, yeah, sure. I mean, and it, it's he actually thinks it's literally his last birthday party because he yeah. thinks he's going to die because of the thing in his chest. Now, the funny thing, knowing what we know about Iron Man three, and that somewhere in his head is a formula that could just save him and get all the stuff out of his heart, it does take some of the uh, some tension. of the tension out. So like, you know, if if you really cared, you would actually just remember that thing that you totally blew off that would have completely revamped mankind. But whatever. But, I don't, wait, wait. wait. Oh, oh, you, oh, you mean that one element? Again. Like it didn't no. exist. At the time, because they hadn't thought of it yet. Yeah. Well, I still want to know the damn name of that because Extremis? I thought it. Yeah. I thought it was going to be vibranium. Oh, you mean the yellow? No, we're, I'm talking about extremis. No, the vi- was it oh, vibranium? Yeah. Is that what it was supposed to be? No, vibranium that's is uh, Captain thought. America's shield. Yeah, well, that's what I yeah, thought. I know. But then I, I, I wanted. I, I, in my head, I had it so convinced that the element that he created was vibranium. And then, and I then they too. never said it in the in the movie. When I saw it the second time, I'm like, I don't know where I got that in my head now. But now I have no idea what that is. He just created. It's probably called Tony Starkium. Yeah. Other than the fact well, that it, it apparently could make the arc reactor extremely powerful and efficient, uh, yet he still doesn't share that with the rest of the world. Only with Shield. So way to be a well, jerk, I think, Tony. I assume I just I just assumed it was vibranium because it, it was besides adamantium, it was the only Marvel um, metal I knew about. And then they introduced it in Captain. America. I was like, okay, no, this already exists, so it can't be that. And then, yeah, like they, they just never followed it up. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan. Okay, so let's talk about the scene where he creates this real quick, because there's okay. not a whole lot that's noteworthy about this scene, except if you know you got to fire the laser at the element, why don't you start it focused closer to the element? <laughs> he had to, like, well, said, like slice well, half his room in half, half, because he's trying to, like, direct the laser. Like, why didn't you just start it closer? Well, isn't it a particle accelerator? Uh, that's what I got the impression of. Yeah, but then, like, the whole thing, like, then reflects a laser in that he has to turn and focus at the element to create it. But yeah. He could have, you know, maybe started it closer. I don't know. Yeah, like, like intentionally reposition the crystal so that, or, the, or not the crystal, but the prism. Yeah. The mirrors so that it would be, so it would at least be closer than that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you don't have to cut half your basement in half. Like, this is a guy who can do calculus in his head and he can't position a mirror correctly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just stupid movieisms. That you could do it yeah. in a movie in order to you know make make it a neat scene with a lot of effects, but it's still kind of ridiculous. But all right, so anyway, I mean, yes, yeah, so it, it looks like it, it. It does look like he just threw everything together in his garage, but it's still he still would have thought about it more than that. Yeah. Speaking of that scene, what was with the Captain America shield? I I, I know. You know, I'm kind of under the impression that that was because it was all with his dad's old stuff. I think I'm telling myself that was a prototype. 
That, maybe. Yeah, maybe, that yeah, was maybe just, they're trying to remake it for somebody. Yeah, like, you know, it was one of when, when Howard Stark was, like, trying to make the, the new better shield for Captain America. That was one of the prototypes, and that was, you know, before he actually came up with the vibranium one, that was what he had gone with. Mm. That's what I'm telling myself. That's, of course, that's just me making stuff up. But That's that's un, that, that's that's one explanation. Yeah. That's plausible. But again, it was it was another throwaway thing, and it was funny. It was a major joke that he was just using it to prop up his, uh, yeah. prop up the accelerator is tony stark would take the symbol of world war ii america and just use it to prop something up yep he would <laughs> that's tony oh stark. yeah <laughs> and as long as we're talking about this scene uh so howard stark that's totally walt disney right i mean that can't just be me who's getting that's... that vibe from him like i'm mean, seeing him and i'm like that's totally walt disney i got that vibe from this whole movie like yeah. so much of like disney just putting their fingerprints all over it did disney own marvel when they made iron man 2 yep did they they did yes they did they 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 bought marvel right before this movie came out okay i mean okay. i mean there was probably still like some space i want to say like a year so they probably were still able to go in and say, hey, put in like I'm I think that that song that plays in the background. Yeah, that's a play off of the song that from the uh, the Disney expos that they used to do in Walt Disney World. Yeah. Yeah. I think Marvel yeah, bought no. Disney sometime in like 2008 or 2009. And this movie came out in 2010. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's exactly when it happened. Like oh. I, I think I think I'm pretty sure it was 2009. I remember hearing about it um, after I graduated college. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, I think this was Disney's way of there were there were a lot of cases of Disney wanting everyone to know, hey, we own this now. So there's the music for the Stark Expo. There's um, the Stark Expo Stark is look- totally Disney World. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, it's, yes. It's Epcot, there's- right down to the way it's set up. It is the Epcot in 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 Florida. It, yeah, I mean, it just and, screams it. And Tony Stark or, or Howard Stark looks like Walt Disney, but then like oh. they have the cussing and everything to say, look, we're, we're not going to do too much to this. Well, hey, like it was listen, still, you, it was you, you don't know what Walt wild. Disney was like behind closed doors. <laughs> well, I mean, the company, yeah. you know. But, all right. That, that's just, I I just wanted to kind of point that out, that I, I really got a uh, a big vibe from. Oh, you know what? One more person from the cast we need to at least mention, because it's so sad. But this was uh, uh, Adam Goldstein, who was uh, DJ AM yes. at his birthday party. Uh, he filmed this role, and actually he, he passed away before the movie came out. Uh, but it was after principal filming was done, so it was his last his last uh, film appearance. So that it was just you know for a scene that was kind of supposed to have some level of funny to it, it was just kind of sad. Well, if you knew who he was, I didn't find yeah. out until later. Yeah, I yeah. I had a, a a basic idea of who like I didn't recognize him on site, obviously. But mm. at some point in time, I think Tony calls him by name, and I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah, Goldstein! Yeah, that's right. He says that, and then I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. no. So, so sad. Um, yeah, well, I mean, when he, but when he re- referred to him as, like, Mr. Stark instead of, yeah, Tony, mm-hmm. like, I just, I assumed he was, like, just some, he was a DJ who just worked for him. Yeah, I, I had. Because you'd think a celebrity yeah. like that would just call him Tony. He would think, but I don't know. I don't know what kind of pull he has. Mm. All right, so let's let's talk about, and this is a, a huge scene. It was in every single trailer for the film. Let's talk about the uh, the race. Mm, yeah. Um, so first of all, I actually hear tell that that the car was supposed to like be gold and and red and look like Iron Man, and it was Robert Downey Jr. who wanted to drive a blue car instead. Well, I think that just makes more sense because those are the colors of Stark Industries, yeah. who is it's the actual is... sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now here's and this is why it's it's so weird because Ivan's plan here. The, the whole idea is he doesn't want to defeat Iron Man. He doesn't even think he can defeat Iron Man. But he's got, he, he just wants to kind of like show that Iron Man isn't this unbeatable force. That if he, it bleeds, we can kill it. Yeah. That's, that's what he was, that's his plan. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. 
So he comes up with this whole like mega whip thing. Don't really know what that was about, but you know, because he's whiplash basically. I mean, that's the only thing you can really say. And the idea is he's going to attack Tony while he's racing this car. Now he doesn't know Tony's going to race this car. Tony just decided it at this last second to, to toss the old driver out, who was not happy about it. Um, that's a good point. Yeah. So I Tony's driving and like waited until you know Tony was like walking down the hallway or something, and then bust out the the plasma whip or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, but he was he, he, he was he, track he, staff though. He snuck onto the track. Yeah, he down, like safety track down ter- downstream like, of the racers. Like it's not like he was in the building where where Tony Stark was, where he could have attacked him there. It was uh, it just it it struck me as he he had like script clairvoyance. As <laughs> you know, he knew that Tony Stark. Was, I mean, I don't even know how he would know Tony Stark was going to be there. There's a line that Tony says during that scene which is a real throwaway line I would have never caught if the closed captioning wasn't on on the TV, where he basically said, like, this is the first vacation he's had in two years, so it's not like he goes to this thing every yeah. time to do it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, first vacation in two years. Yeah. So this, so this is two years after Iron Man 1. No, it's six months. It's six months after Iron Man 1. It's six months after... So, okay. Yeah, he's, he's not including Afghanistan as a vacation. <laughs> well, no, that was a work trip. <laughs> Yeah, in more ways than one. Yeah. <laughs> Though I guess if, if we are going to say that was six months after, then that make that does make the Hulk timeline a little more... A little more... It still makes absolutely no sense why Tony would show up and say we're putting together a team when he was kicked off the team at the end of Iron Man 2. Yeah. It also doesn't make sense that he can claim, oh, I've successfully privatized world peace. You've been at this half a year. Yeah, it's been six months. You know what? Like, so, yeah, they, any they random totally... person can wait for six months of relative peace and be like, look what I did. Yeah. Okay, Nostradamus. That's yeah. basically what he's doing. Yeah. Politicians do it all the time. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's... Um, what was it? Uh, yeah, I think they just threw up that six months later thing and the Hulk thing because they didn't want to feel like too much time had passed. Yeah. So, but which anyway, I don't understand. Like, why, why wouldn't that much time pass? Yeah. Does it matter? I don't think it does. I I think yeah. two years would have been fine, but sure. Yeah. Not. So we have this whole <laughs> racing scene, though. I mean, it's it's so. I mean, I don't understand what him going out and like slicing up these race cars uh would even do for him. Like, he's lucky he didn't get hit. I mean, I, how how many times in this scene was just random happenstance keeping this guy alive? Like, I, how are you going to show Tony Stark can bleed if you get hit by a car that's doing 120 miles an hour down the road? Like, it, it it's not feasible. And, like, the whole happy driving upstream and trying to go against the cars and trying to get the, the quote-unquote football to, to Tony <laughs> uh, it was just, I, I look at it and I'm like, listen, I, I will believe you that this man has a suit of, of special armor that can fly and has repulsor beams and do all this stuff. And I'll even believe that all these other people are capable of building this thing. But I do not believe that Happy Hogan was able to drive against the stream of traffic in this race and not get obliterated yeah. in a head-on collision. D- didn't he also run yeah. over uh, Ivan Vanko? He, uh, he crushed oh, yeah, he him against him. a wall multiple times. And I guess... I. You know, he didn't know. I am I supposed to I mean, be wearing like he's going a suit? Full speed, but still, yeah, it I wasn't mean, a suit. It was just it was like skeleton armor. Yeah, and it kept him alive. I mean, but I mean, Happy didn't know he had that. Happy was trying to straight up kill the guy. Yeah. And then he hands him the. Now I did like the whole suitcase suit because that. Yeah, that I mean, was that was straight up from the comics. He he had a suitcase suit that he used to carry around with him. Yeah, I mean, a big part of his, you know, a big part of all his of all of his innovations was. 
how can I make it easier to get in this thing? Yeah, I mean, I re- I remember that whole the, the briefcase suit played a a huge part in the um in the cartoon from the nineties. Mm. They always like it, it unfolded the suit and then like the legs kicked out, and so this was it was a nice compromise to get him in the suit, and it kind of looked like the Silver Centurion armor, so we kind of got two birds with one stone there. I was actually wondering where the uh, like why he would pick silver instead of uh gold, since that's like you know the signature, but. I choose to believe, like, that was, like, rather than, like, plate it gold, um, well, like, uh, gold is already pretty heavy. It's like, why add more weight to Happy's wrist? Yeah, I think, I, I'm gonna go with, because he, he wanted something that was a little less high weight so that he could, uh, yeah. Like, he's, this is not the armor you put on when you're about to fly to high altitudes, you know. This is, like, for, you know, emergencies. Yeah, in fact, I even got the impression that this armor did not have the capability of flight. It may not. I think it was strictly for, hey, I need to be Iron Man real quick for something, so. Anyway, yeah. so that was that was yeah. my my take on on the suit. I liked it. Uh, I I liked how the whips looked. Now I hear that like the uh, the suit, the whiplash suit, was ridiculously heavy. Like even even for like the it. test fittings, like Mickey Rourke couldn't couldn't move with it. So he ended up like he had to get like this huge heavy vest that he walked around with while he was training up for the role, so that he'd be able to move around in the whiplash suit. I find that hard to believe because Mickey Rourke's a boxer. Yeah, and he was pretty he's pretty jacked anyway, you know. Yeah. But I guess the suit it was just so ridiculously heavy that he uh he had to even even though he was in decent shape walking on set, he had to train just to to wear the whiplash outfit. Hmm. That's weird because you'd think they would just make something that's really light. Because it, it looks yeah. like it's, it's, there's not a whole lot there to that suit. Yeah. And you can add stuff in post-production, like if you want to say yeah. it's, it's some kind of metal. I know. I would, not have, I would not have thought that. But, then, you know, I, I try to read up on these things, and that was that was my, oh, I did not see that coming. But Speaking yeah. of heavier suits, the War Machine suit uh, turns out is heavier than the Iron Man suit that Robert Downey Jr. had to wear. Yeah, I, I, I read that, like, back when the movie first came out, because the, the War Machine suit was actually, like, made of metal, and the Iron Man suit is, like, some kind of plastic because i remember don Cheadle saying like so i am like busting my butt trying to be in this thing <laughs> and you know robert jr is robert downey jr he's just in this like this lightweight thing he can walk around in he was like that's totally yeah not but, fair. like all the close-up shots of the iron man suit it did look extremely fake yeah. The, the the one scene in the donut shop when when Nick oh, Fury yeah. like presses the the tattoo you see the suit move yeah yeah this, this iron, you, you see like the plastic move when he when he touches it yeah not just that you know not just you know it moves like it would make sense if it just kind of like you know all the little pieces shifted but no it bent to his yes. finger yeah I mean it it definitely did not look super good unfortunately no. I just anyway I'm not I'm not gonna pick apart the suit because you know it's hard to make these movies so you take shortcuts when you can take them so. And trying yeah, to wear I, that I, heavy suit all the time would have probably been um it would have probably been a little too much so but yeah i mean honestly like when i was watching it for this like i hadn't realized just how just how big the suit looks on Rhodey. it does and like, i think that's like, why it, i think terrence with, howard would have made it but like it it seemed extra bulky to me yes which makes it, sense it, it makes sense i don't know if i like it i definitely don't like that it doesn't have the big old rocket launcher over the left shoulder like it's got the minigun which is good i want the minigun i also want the big old rocket launcher didn't you only have like the one gun and then like you know he put the rocket launcher in like in the left shoulder there was a he there was the, ex-wife. the ex-wife was in the left shoulder yeah um there wasn't like a shoulder mounted multiple rocket right. launcher but there's there's normally i mean that's that's what i consider a, no, I a pretty pretty significant part of the character is having 
you know, a minigun on the one shoulder and then, like, a big old mounted multiple rocket launcher. Like, kind of like the ones that the Navy drones had over the other shoulder. Yeah. Or even the ones in the first Iron Man movie, because he has two of them in his shoulders and he pops out. Yeah. And he shoots rockets everywhere. Okay, there's that. There's that rocket launcher. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, I just, it, it, I... I didn't really like the the way they made the War Machine armor. Now I let it go because I love War Machine. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like I War Machine is pretty damn cool. Yeah, I'm not yes, I'm not going yes. to uh, I'm not going to throw up too many too many complaints because I just wanted to see War Machine in this movie finally. But I just it was a little overly bulky and I missed the rocket launcher over the one shoulder. So that's yeah. That's I think they tried complaint. to compensate with the ex-wife. Yeah, which was you know I didn't like the ex-wife. Yeah, I thought that was like a stupid little joke. It was it was a really lame joke at a time in the movie when I didn't really feel like getting a lame joke. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, and it was the start of all future Marvel lame jokes. The ex-wife. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't. I mean, I okay, it's a funny joke that, or no, well, lame joke. You know, Hammer built this thing up and then it didn't work. And oh, it's a, it makes a fart noise. Yeah, but yeah, it did. It didn't need it to be there. You know, we already know Hammer is a doofus. We saw that suit fail. Um, you know, just and, and and like I can't unless he unless he absolutely knew it wasn't going to work. There is no reason Vanka would just stand just there and, stand and, there shoot and take a damn it. Yeah. On it. Yeah. No, he's like as, as as they're both standing there, you know, just kind of looking at him. Why wouldn't he just throw his whip at him? Well, the, the thing with Hammer, this is what kind of bugs me. Uh, after Tony Stark quit the whole, you know, Ironmonger weapons dealing business, like Hammer replaced him as like mm-hmm. he, the, the U.S. went to Hammer after Stark said no, right. and he is now the number one U.S. weapon supplier. Yeah, because he because Tony's off doing Iron Man stuff. Mm-hmm. So clearly, the guy has to be competent, otherwise they wouldn't go to him at all. Right? No, they go to Lockheed Martin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so obviously, you know, he can't build an Iron Man suit because we saw him try and break a guy's spine. Uh, he did survive but, though. Oh yeah, he did survive. How? <laughs> But, um, <laughs> like, stuff like the ex-wife, that maybe, like, that was a dud or something? Because, like I said, he has to be competent. Otherwise, they would go to someone else. He would not be the number one U.S. weapons guy yeah. if he was just clowning around and everything failed all the time. Yeah, oh, By know. the way, it was, it speaking made, of that... Made for a dumb joke. Yeah. 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 Speaking yeah. speaking of that one pilot that got injured, um, I... I heard like um I I I I thought of this when he uh when he when he's showing uh Vanko the whole the 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 production floor and he's like yeah I kind of rush these things to production but sue me I'm excited that's <laughs> like I'm pretty sure that pilot's suing you yeah probably although he's in jail now so but anyway so I just want to kind or, of follow well, I mean, well I meant at the time yeah. but yeah but I just want to follow up on the on the war machine armor because I've looked up a couple of things here so. One, usually it's uh, the rocket launchers over the right shoulder where the minigun was. And it's usually mm. got some kind of like other gun that's not necessarily always a minigun. I'm seeing a lot of other stuff over the other yeah, shoulders. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's like a plasma cannon or something, yeah. or some like yeah. future weapon. Um, when I look up the Hot Toys uh, figure for War Machine from, from this movie... They do show the those like a couple of shoulder-mounted um, missile launchers, kind of similar to what we're looking for that come out of his shoulder. But we never saw those in the movie. I think they kind of put those in to make it more comic accurate. Because in the movie, the only yeah. thing that came out of his shoulder was the ex-wife, which you know failed. Well, they probably put it on there just to like make the toy cooler. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, like it wasn't supposed to be accurate. It was supposed to be. Hey, here's this cool toy. Yeah. Yeah. I man, I, I hated that stupid ex-wife joke. That bothered me so much. Yeah. It bothered me the first time I saw it. It bothers me now thinking about it. 
just how what a worthless waste of time and you spend all that time having yeah. Sam Rockwell talk it up and then the payoff is just look it was a dud it went dink and you're like that's so stupid yeah also really dumb yeah. why would you put a 9 millimeter gun in the war machine armor like why even waste that space that's what i don't get well i don't know i don't know if they actually put all of those guns in there yeah. it was just like i'll take all of it in in the, in the sense of like okay we're going to take it and see what works yeah. so they may not have put a 9 millimeter gun they're better in it. there better not be a 9 millimeter gun in the war machine armor what, no like what well, he like, does he doesn't need it anyway he has he has all the weapons already, like the shotgun and the minigun, and he has the, the repulsor blast. Yeah, he can do repulsor blast, right? I don't yeah. remember if I saw yep. him do it, but he yeah. should. Oh, yeah, he, that's oh, how he's, he's probably uh, using his other though. guns. Cause... They use, a, like, a tag team repulsor blast. That's how they Oh, that's them. right. No, you were absolutely yeah. right. He did He did do it when uh, at, the, at the very end there, which yeah. was kind of a... I'm going to talk about that scene more before we're done with this podcast, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm, I want, there's one thing I want to I want to talk about while we're just specifically talking the War Machine armor. So, the power supply, which is an arc reactor in the chest. Yes. Now, when that armor that he's wearing was designed originally, it was designed with the intent purpose of the wearer has an arc reactor embedded in the middle of their sternum. Uh, the original suit was, yes. Yeah. And, I mean, this is, it's the Mark II armor, basically. They, 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 they even said it. It's the Mark II. It's, it's that prototype armory built. But somehow yeah. that one has an arc reactor. That is not in Tony's chest, but he has apparently built an additional arc reactor that now interfaces with the front of it. Which I, I guess I I don't a hundred percent understand. Like, why do some of the do all of the suits now have arc reactors in them? Yes. Okay. Here here's why. Yeah. Because in the first movie, he almost ran out of power. Okay. So it makes sense that he would build another one. That way, the one who which is powering his heart doesn't give out on him. And right. That way, he can have the suit powered. Yeah, that's a good point. No, okay. Yeah. I I can see that if he. But I don't understand why he would go back to the old models to make that adjustment. Well, like why retrofit? That... Like why well, maybe not? that. Was just like a, a test bed. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah. He te- has te- built. Might as well test it out. Oh, you know, and he he had him displayed like trophies and like and and he's he's probably you know just keeping them around. I could I could see Tony being so egotistical that he would decide I want to have chest glowing and all these things in my hall of armor, <laughs> even if it's yeah. my Mark One suit that I'm never gonna wear again. But it's yeah, totally it's, not the it, Batcave. It's a trophy case. Costumes everywhere. Yeah. But but let's also remember he was he was partially designing these in mind for Rhodey because he he wanted to bring him in. That's in the that's first also place. True. He was uh. And in fact, and now this this is a pretty good transition back to the donut scene. It's very heavily implied in the donut scene. Well, not explicitly spoken that yeah. when he let Rhodey have the suit and basically wanted him to have it. Now the fight I don't a hundred percent get other than Tony's a jerk and he was drunk. So I don't yeah. know why they had to have the huge fallout battle, but it basically turned down to where Tony let Rhodey have it, knowing he, like, probably knowing that he was going to die, said, well, at least Rhodey can continue on and be Iron Man. Right. That could be. Cause the uh, fight was, was, was all on Rhodey. Cause Tony was, you know, drunk and could have possibly blasted someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so Rhodey stepped in and was like, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's the fight, but then like they, cause they, they explicitly stay like when, when, uh, Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury is going off on him. He, uh. The little guy kicked your ass and took your suit. <laughs> yeah. He, he turns to Natasha 
and he says, like, is there anything in the way? And then Tasha says something like, yeah, there are several safeguards in place to make sure that only Tony can use the suit. So basically what he was trying to imply there was that the only way that Rhodey could have even taken the suit and used it is if Tony yeah. decided not Let to him. use any of the same well, wait, wait, here's what she said. She said, according to Mr. Stark, like kind of throwing it in his face, yeah. um, there are safeguards in place to prevent unauthorized personnel. Mm-hmm. Sort of implying like you authorized more than just yourself, didn't you? Well, we see like Rhodey has his own personal password for the for the, the armor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. so you know what? Maybe, yeah. Because he, he punches well, it into wait, the, the little keypad. Mm-hmm. So that's how he gets well, yeah, the yeah, yeah, he, Well, he's always got his he's always had his own code for the lab yeah um i think the whole question was like did you safeguard the suits too and probably his Obviously, answer was like i didn't need to yeah probably his thinking was like i didn't need to i wanted Rody to have access to this yeah so i think maybe he designed it so Rody was an authorized user although why then in the other movie in iron man 3 where none of the suits were able to be used by Rody because they were all just tuned to Tony. He was he was um he was throwing that in his face because like Rhodey wouldn't give him a magazine. When would Rhodey not give him a magazine? Did, am I forgetting some part of that? That was like just as the, just as they're starting, they've got two oh, guns. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was because they had two different types of guns. Yeah. And Rhodey's magazine wouldn't work in Tony's gun, so he said, "I'm not giving you my magazine; it won't work." Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So see, so, so Tony was throwing that in his face. Oh, all right, I'll I'll buy that anyway. That's enough Iron Man three. <laughs> For now. For now. We'll get that. We'll. Get Get there later. That's, that's my preview that you must keep watching. I don't know why I said watching. This is a podcast. There is no video. You must keep listening to Hero Talks. You can do video and podcasts. We just choose not to. Yeah, I just don't want to because I just don't. Okay, just leave me alone. <laughs> All right, so let's let's we go to this final scene because I think we we really need to talk about this final scene, like the the Hammer Expo, and he's there, and then it kind of leads into the the Natasha breaking into the Hammer headquarters. By the way, those they're just security guards, right? Like all those guys are just basically guys doing their job nine to five yeah, on the up and up. She totally mm-hmm. left that dude hanging by his throat on yep. the ceiling. Like yep. he had a he. Had had his fingers in um in the uh in the cord so he wasn't actually choking i don't think that that helps actually i think i think it just prolongs the inevitable i think it helps it helps a little bit not much but a little bit yeah he's still dead she's a murderer Well, we know this. Yeah, we do know this. So and that was a, a fun scene. I like. I don't get the drones a whole lot. Um, and what I mean when I say I don't get the drones, I mean I don't understand why the army drones were the way they were, and why the navy or like why would the navy need a humanoid drone for? Yeah, like, it needs well, to think... be a seafaring drone, right? Well, here, here's how I see it. Um, I think they were just modified from the human frame. Yeah. Well, what I think was Vanko made all these different models and when hammer took them he was like okay we're gonna paint this one up we're gonna paint this model up for the army this model up for the marines, right, I, I can buy that then yeah that he um, just made it up as he went along um and, like, and, and, he, and he specifically you know made made it for all four of the major of all four of the overseas branches mm-hmm. just to pander to them yeah sorry coasties you don't get drones <laughs> Like I could, I I don't know if I would really see the Air Force buying drones like that. I could see the Army, maybe the Marines buying them, but yeah, I don't see the Navy buying them either. Yeah, I mean, I, I they they make a good backdrop for for that. That's Although ex- it, they painted them, which is what, which is what he said it was. Yeah, it was they were a backdrop to his main event. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah War Machine was quick. the main attraction, not the drones. Yeah. So speaking of like painting these things up real quick, Tony basically had that new suit designed like really really fast. He tells Jarvis, "All right, so uh, gen up the new suit." And he didn't. He only had yeah. like forty minutes. So I don't know. 
Was it a new? I thought it was just a new reactor that he built. He, he, had, a, he had a new like chest plate. Oh, maybe he just yeah, made he, a new chest plate. What? I, you know what? Well, I'm no, not... I think he. I think he also said he was. He was. He said. Uh, it sounded like he said, "Start making the new suit" or something like that. Yeah, I thought he said that. Like right when he was. Uh, yeah. About to put the thing in his chest. But, oh well, maybe maybe it was he only really needed the new chest piece. I don't know. I'm I'm overthinking this at this point, and I'm being a little bit. Yeah. Nitpicky. I, I can't remember. I can't remember the exact line, but he, he could have like already had it in production and 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 was now telling Jarvis to hurry up. Oh yeah, that's also possible. also yeah. possible. So this scene, there's no way I'm gonna believe that nobody was killed. Like no. when you have with uh, all the glass falling, all the glass everywhere. falling, people shooting miniguns into a crowded convention center that nobody was killed and everyone just left and everyone and, you know all smiles and and all the destruction, nothing happened. I mean, like listen, that's it's it's a little it, bit of ludicrous. It's like asking me to believe that nobody died in Metropolis while Zod and Superman were tearing apart half of the place. Yeah. It's just, did, there's no did, way. Did, 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 they, did they say there were no fatalities? Oh, there, there were fatalities. No, there, I mean, well, were. well no, I, I'm, did they say it in the movie? Did they did they try to say they were, there were no in, casualties? In Iron Man 2? Yes. They didn't, but I'm presuming by the fact that they, they expressly showed everything missing everybody that I'm supposed to believe. There's, like, anytime something fell into the crowd, you specifically see it, like, this thing tumbling tumbles around, goes head over heels, and misses everybody. Stormtrooper in. Yeah. Well, I think that I think with that, like they were trying to say, look, this is how much destruction it's causing. But yeah. you have that fall on a person, then you have a completely different issue on your hands. Yeah, it becomes a different that, different kind of movie. You know, it's 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 something else when like you see something explode, and it's like, yeah, somebody got caught in that. Yeah. But you're not actually watching it. But if you're following, if you're watching a big piece of a building fall, and then you watch it fall on a person. Yeah, it's you, they're you basically sitting there saying like, well, what, you want us to just kill masses of civilians? We're not a DC film here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're Marvel. Everyone lives. Who do you think we are, Zack Snyder? Yeah. Um. So any, I I just I I thought that was Stop. a little ridiculous. I did kind of like that scene when like you know Rhodey finally gets control and then like all the remaining drones uh, come to him and they have that that old with the two of them like blasting away and fighting. I, liked I loved it. how that scene started because it had like this like traditional like Japanese mm-hmm. like feel to it. It had, it had the cherry blossoms falling. It was yeah. great. Oh yeah, I think this was the first time I really noticed like the the cherry blossom petals falling and then like you have like a, like the Japanese style drums as the mm-hmm. as the um, as the the drones are coming down. And it's like wow, that that really sets the tone. Yeah, I thought I thought it was really well done. Um, I just it, I it seemed it was a little short. I, I like that there was no music too. I thought that was that oh, was a yeah. great effect. I love that. It made it really really raw. Now I'm sounding like, like kind of snooty, but yeah, there was there was just the drones. I mean, I mean, not not drones, just the drums. Yeah. As the drones are landing, mm-hmm. and then it's like you just you just let all the cacophony and noise be the music. Yeah, it's just you, you it's just the actual machines, sound of guns, robots. It, it, they are the music. Yeah, and yeah. I, I like that. What I just I guess what I didn't like is that it all comes down to this one final like one final sequence where Tony is just like, all right, let me use this ultimate weapon in my suit, and then he like just kills everything. And again, I'm just like roading like, oh, why didn't you just do that? Like, what? Why even give them the chance? I think he was charging up. Oh, I'll buy that. I think I, I think it may also have been like he needed them in closer if he was going to use it because if he was just going to straight up use it, it would probably he probably would have missed a lot. Yeah, so maybe he had to. Um, had, I I liked it. I also I really would have liked to have seen Rhodey use some of the other things in his suit besides just those guns. 
the I thought it was kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I did think it was kind of cool. Like he, like he's he's pointing his arms in two directions, and his mini guns going off in a third. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty cool. Like, I loved. Like, like it, it's not of, even in front of him. It's it's like pointing behind him. Yeah. Speaking of the drones, why did they rush in to try to like punch Iron Man and War Machine? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you have two different kinds of artillery. Yeah. Like, why, why are they? Why are they in close? Combat? I remember thinking that at one point while Tony's punching one. Like, why did you get close? to let him punch why not just stay back where you were i don't i don't i don't get it like you, you have <laughs> quote unquote you know all four certain branches of, of the military you know that's what your drones are used for you've got your artillery you've got air units like just go just go 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 battlefield on them you know why why this mortal combat stuff yeah no, no you have, you have, you have the navy ones get back and start shooting their missiles you have the mm-hmm. um you have the army ones point their cannons straight at them the air force yeah. ones i think at this point were gone oh that's right yeah, yeah. the air force the ones marines all blew up in the globe so yeah but that's the marines you know they can you know go in or whatever i don't know what happened to the marines what i never actually like really followed what happened to the marine drones I think, well, I think I'm, they, I'm they, sure they all they died uh, in, the, in the final battle. Yeah. yeah, the Marine ones, they showed up at the final battle. They were the ones with the tiger stripes. That's right, yeah. And the army uh, had the giant cannons on their yep. shoulder. But the thing is, it wasn't very clear what they could do. Yeah. Like, what they were, what their whole point was. I don't know. Amphibious assault. I don't know. I'm just Probably. making stuff up. Anyway. Uh, so I mean, if I was going to think like a Marine, I was I would say, you know, close quarters combat. Put shotguns on them. Yeah. Like they did with War Machine. So, so anyway, so now we have Whiplash show up uh, in in the suit with uh, you know the whips. Can I just say about yeah. about Whiplash? Yeah, he built a better Iron Man suit than Tony Stark, like straight up. Yeah, he <laughs> straight did. Straight up. Now, did you, did you notice this? His suit had all this wear and tear on it already, like had chipped no. paint and like scratches and like blast marks on it. I'm looking like you just got this off the production line. Like, I mean, I could kind of like understand today. The- <laughs> I, I, I could kind of understand not necessarily like the the chipped paint like but but like but like blotches here and there because you know you know maybe he had it done in a hurry. I don't know. I just it it seemed like if if I was trying to believe that he just built this for himself that he's now going to engage in battle with Iron Man and and War Machine that now this would have been the first battle. Yeah, this would have been the the first battle. Sh- I wanted it to be shiny and new. Yeah, it should have been clean. But anyway, I could tell like there there were there were sections of the armor that would like it wasn't flat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like like you shouldn't have like chipped paint or yeah or it just marks it anywhere. felt like there was too much wear. But yeah, I I gotta say the suit was pretty cool. A little too bulky for me, but I mean, it, it definitely had better armor. I mean, it's um, much better than the than than the uh, uh, Iron Monger was. You know? Yes, yes, I will agree with that. I mean, was, and then he just like, yeah. and then he put the whips on a reel. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was definitely he was doing his job in terms of like I'm fighting off everything you've got, and I've got these whips that you really don't have an answer for. Yeah, I uh, I did like that. In order to finally beat him, they they did the same thing that they did to wreck Tony's house. That was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, and they even made the throwback. And I totally missed this the first time I saw the movie. Throwback to the uh, I need I need a sidekick. You know, because throwback yeah. to the fight scene where I don't need a sidekick. Which... No, what I liked was that was the very first one, and like, and I think I caught it on the first try. I'm not sure, but uh, you you want to be the war machine? Take your shot. Yeah. I uh, I got that the first time. I totally yeah. the first time when they did that fight and I caught the you want to be the war machine. I was totally there. Oh yeah, I, I was like, oh yes, war machine. What I really want to see in Age of Ultron is them to do that again. Make it a callback. <laughs> Have them surrounded by Ultron drones and they just do that thing and just blast away on yes, the city block. Absolutely. Well, they they've they've gotten pretty good about doing the whole thing where the um they kind of combine their abilities like in Avengers they kind did kind of like, like well, all, well, in, well, in well, Avengers. Uh-huh. I was waiting for Thor to hit Captain America's shield again. 
again. Yeah. Well, I was, like, I was, he, I was he, more he, thinking... He fled into forest with yeah, that. So I'm, surely he will do it here in the final battle. He did not. I, I was more thinking... Um, well, remember, it also sent him reeling back, too. You know, that would have put him on He's his four. ass. He can take it. Yeah. Um, what, what I mean is, like, he, you know, how fast would he have been able to get up from that was my point. Oh, he's Thor. He can take it. But let's also, you know, let's also remember that um, Iron Man, you know, did the, Iron Man and Cap did the thing where, like, he, he, shot, uh, he shot Cap's shield and oh, yeah. Cap redirected the blast. Like, that, that's totally the kind of thing I'm thinking of. Yeah. I'm thinking Ultimate of. Alliance 2 right there. Yeah. Yes. Totally ripped from that. <laughs> yeah. Which is an awesome thing, and I love the throwback, but uh, totally, totally just inefficient. Like, Tony could have just shot those guys with the beam instead of shooting the beam at Captain to redirect it. Like, he could just redirect it he, from his hands. Yeah. I mean, it looked, it looked fun. I, I actually just recently saw Avengers because it was on TV because they're hyping up Age of Ultron, which is not out yet at the time of this recording. <laughs> and uh, Plus, I, I still laugh when, when Hulk punches Thor. Oh, Plus, yeah. It was, it was such an impromptu mm-hmm. moment where he, he she shoots the shield. Yeah. It's like, there's no way they practiced that. So that was just a thing that just happened. <laughs> yeah, it's like, so how did Tony know that was going to work that way? How did he know it was just going to blast Captain America across the street? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, I think that, yeah, I mean, and that that's more just to make the fight cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what it was. But, like, they're all just kind of thinking in unison here. I, I, I have a lot of kind of funny comments and, and things I've noticed from the last scene, which I'm, I'm, I'm saving for the hero talk on Avengers, which I imagine I have to do at some point, right? Because what would be the point yeah. of me doing all these lead-ins? But anyway, <laughs> uh, before we actually move on with favorite parts, uh, there's one person I want to point out from the, the crew of the film. Uh, the screenplay was written by Justin Thoreau, who also wrote Tropic Thunder. Uh, oh, and was suggested came out the same year. Yeah, it was suggested by Robert Downey Jr. for that reason, because he liked Tropic Thunder and he thought it was funny, so he suggested this guy come in instead of uh, Shane Black. Was it Shane Black? Hmm. Who the guy who did from the, the first movie? I said Shane I don't know Black. who did it the first movie. Shane Black did the third. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He he was the director, and I think he did some of the writing. Yeah, uh, all right. which is probably why it's set in Christmas. <laughs> did the first movie even have a screenplay? I heard there was a lot, a lot of like impromptu stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, I'm sure there was some some notes. They had a general idea. Well, I, I'm, they, I'm sure the comic books were their notes. Like, okay, gets captured, builds metal suits, you know, becomes yeah. Iron Man, has it heart probably, problems. It was probably like um, Anchorman where they said, okay, here's this scene, here's what you're doing, go. Probably. Yeah. Best take wins. Yeah. So so anyway, just to make sure that I get this correct, you are right. He was he he co-wrote and directed Iron Man three, but he was he was not uh, in Iron Man one's writer. So yeah. So my fault. I got that wrong. But that's okay because we <laughs> fixed it right here on the air. So yeah. Anyway, now is the what time on Hero Talk where we talk about our favorite parts, and I think I'm gonna go in alphabetical order today. So Exelon, starting with you. Definitely the the final battle start that, that whole Japanese cherry blossom fight scene mm-hmm. with all the drones. Yeah, that was definitely the, my favorite part. Although I didn't like how right before uh, Black Widow was able to hack his system and Jarvis could not. Yeah, that's that shenanigans right there. Although I I'll say it like Jarvis tried to do a remote restart and she actually did a uh, an on site restart. This is true, but still true. It, it kind of irked me. But still, yeah, totally. I I get what you're saying. But yeah, yeah, that that final fight scene where especially the part where uh that because for some reason they're they're closing in for close combat and war machine like guns one in half with his shotgun that's pretty cool yeah and it's like it's like quote-unquote robot blood like spurting all over his face (laughs) which is magically somewhat gone by the time he's you know scenes done but anyway yeah that was that was pretty cool all right yeah no good scene good scene 
Brian, how about you? What was your favorite part? You know, I I, I know I know we don't normally do this, but I have to I have to go with the exact same scene. It was just so <laughs> much. It was just so Great much fun to watch. Yeah. It was it was just, it was just such a it was such an awesome action scene, and it was actually it was just one of the better made scenes in the movie. Yeah, I, I get, I, I have nothing I, I can, I can say to deter that. That was a great, that was a great part. Now, my favorite part, personally, and I could have watched a whole movie's worth of this, is Sam Rockwell as Justin Hammer dance walking across the stage at the expo. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I loved it then. I love it now. It's my favorite part of this movie is just watching him do that dance, which was an impromptu and improvised dance. Like he, that was not in the script. Sam Rockwell just did that dance for that scene. Hmm. Oh, he's Sam Rockwell. Well, yeah, Sam Rockwell. Really Sam Rockwell. Cool. Apparently, uh, what, I, what I've heard I... is he uses that. He used well. He used that dance to like help get himself in character. Like this is the kind of like weird swaggering guy that I am. That I would do this sort yeah. of thing. And so he did. So he, when it came time for that scene, he just did the dance. And I, I well, was, it was amazing. I loved it. And so that's my favorite he, part. To me, he came across as like a Tony Stark wannabe. Yeah, that's what he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he just he just didn't have like the wit. Yeah, to pull it off. But well, it's like that scene in the first movie where um, Obadiah Stane's like, I, I want you to build this tiny little arc reactor. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm not Tony Stark. You know, it's like no, no one is Tony Stark. Right. Even though yeah. Tony Stark was able to build it in a cave. With the box of scraps. It's the best line in Iron Man. Yep. All right. So now's the time on Hero Talk and you got to give it a score. All right. I'm going to I'm going to stick with alphabetical order. Excellent. What, what would you score this movie? I would give this movie six ex-wives out of ten. Six ex-wives out of ten. That, that's fair. I think that's a fair score. Brian, how about you? I would give it uh, seven and a half poisoned chests out of ten. All right. <laughs> I will give this movie three unnecessary callbacks to S.H.I.E.L.D. in order to promote the <laughs> Avengers out of five. Yeah, that's, that's I think I think that's a fair score. And I yeah. think I think there was Actually, plenty of that in the movie that I can use it. And th- and now that I think about it, like the the poison chest thing was actually one of the weirdest things they did with it. It's like why not just why not just make it look unhealthy? Why does it have to be a, a as as a Rody called it a, 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 a yeah. digital crossword? And yeah. why does it immediately disappear as soon as Iron Man plugs in that other thing? Yeah, it does was, he have to heal first? I mean, if you want me to try to believe this is a real thing, at least try to make it look like a real thing. Yeah, don't make it something that like it, it's it's a metal interacting with his skin. It's it's not like a techno virus or whatever you want to call it yeah i i thought it was weird i kind of got a, a weird apocalypse virus vibe from it so do, do you mind if i pitch like how i would have made how i would have written this movie is that okay All right, yeah go, why, why not go ahead yeah so the way i would have done it is you have um ivan vanko you know get pissed about his dad dying and blaming it on the stark family um and then he makes his own version of the arc reactor sells it to a guy who has another grievance with the Stark family and um and then have him go and mess up everything at the racetrack. He gets thrown in jail, Stark destroys that one arc reactor, and Vanko's watching this whole thing going, Okay, that didn't go so well. So what did Stark do? What do I need to do with this with this arc reactor? Blah blah blah. And then start working on it himself. And one of the things he does is he goes and he steals a bunch of technology from Hammer Industries with kind of a makeshift suit he's got going on. Iron Man goes in to fight him. And one of the things that happens is like the poison is in his chest already affects him. So he kind of so he, he he doesn't fight too well. Like to me, that was a big thing. Like the poison should have been a big part of like 
how it's affecting him, how it's affecting his fighting ability. So now the military is getting all pissed off at him because he can't do this effectively. So Rhodey steals the armor. The Air Force R&D department, you know, puts all this work into doing that. You know, maybe maybe include Hammer Industries. You know, if you like Justin Hammer, um, you can include that. Um, but then the third act is Tony trying to fix trying to fix the poison in his chest, and then he goes and and then they have the final battle. That's you know, how I, I would like this because it kind of harkens back to the Armor Wars story where everyone's starting to make his tech and he hates it. Mm-hmm. And he goes on this crusade. He's like, he, he has to destroy everything that doesn't belong to him. That's yeah. based off his technology. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That was a pretty big part of the uh, the cartoon from the 90s, I remember. Yeah. is Because uh, then he ends up having to take on a war machine at one point. It was, anyway. <laughs> but oh, what, also. What I don't like about your, your synopsis there is that there wasn't okay. a lot of callbacks to S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think you needed more of that. Oh, so, so you work for Marvel now? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> he is the law. I am the law. So before, um, can I say that, so the whole, like, hammer drone thing. Yeah. Tony Stark totally saw that and stole that idea. Oh, he, yes. For Iron Man 3, he totally stole and that. And Age of Ultron, yeah. with all the Ultron drones. Yeah, that's right. Punk. Well, what I have to wonder there is, did Ultron make all those drones? Well, I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Because I haven't seen the movie. But, but yeah. But like, I, I presume he had some kind of drone network set up that Ultron takes over. This is me calling it right now. But mm, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm presuming that it, it has something to do with Ant-Man, which comes out later this year. But I think um, there was a, there actually was a, an episode in Agents of Shield where Maria Hill says that Tony Stark is trying to privatize world peace. Oh. Where basically she implies that he's doing a lot of stuff so that like he doesn't have to like I guess wait privatize you mean because yeah. did he already, he already privatize? claimed he privatized yeah. world peace yeah so but basically what I'm what I mean is like he's he he's doing a bunch of stuff to. Um, to protect the world where he doesn't have to. No, that's fair. All right. Well, or you know what? Now we're we're getting way too deep into into Age of Ultron, <laughs> and I promised the folks we wouldn't do that. So let's just we're gonna cut it right here. Anyway, Brian and Axelon, thank you so much for coming on and doing this with. Me. Thanks for having me. Yep, same here. All right. Uh, for you listening, we want to thank you for joining us. If you want some more podcasts, let's plays, articles, videos, reviews. You should visit Enthusiacs.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. That's at Enthusiacs. And we have uh, a YouTube channel, so you can go check out all our videos there. We have tons of videos. They're going up every day. Uh, Axelon's in, like, 99% of them. So there we go. Plug in your stuff, Axelon. And Sweet. as always, we'll see you right back here for the next Hero Talk. I would give it seven and a half... Ah, I had something for this. <laughs> um, How awkward. With the box, 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 box. box.